Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing and mastering engineer. Well, hello to you out there in podcast land. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're all surviving and thriving. As I speak to you, I am just about to go on a week's holiday, so I'm feeling pretty good. Um, but that's in the past as this episode goes out, so that's that's sad. <laughs> anyway, uh, this week I'm chatting with Aaron and Johnny of the band Keylock. If you don't know Keylock, they are a great um, bluesy rock kind of band, is how I describe them, from all sorts of places around the country, as you'll hear. Uh, this week we talk about all sorts of things, like how the guys uh, did a weekend of songwriting to work out if they'd work well together as a band. Having a band member who can analyse the music and make it kind of better in a musical kind of sense and focused rehearsals with a purpose, how you can go about that and how it might help you as a band to refine the point of each rehearsal. I'm going to stop talking and just say on with the interview because it's a great one. So today on the podcast, I am talking with Johnny and Aaron of Keylock. How are you both? Good. Yeah, very well. Yeah, we've been busy, so a little, uh, little tired. Uh, but yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm a bad man. How are you, Aaron? I'm good, thank you, Johnny. How are you, Phil? Still alive, so, you know, can't complain. <laughs> it's all good here. Um, so my first question, as always, is from a random question generator um, that I found online. And my first question is, if you inherited or won a million pounds, what's the first thing that you would do with the money? Goodness me, a million. Oh, I think I'd be really boring and, and buy, a, buy property. I think I'd buy a house um, with a rehearsal space in it. <laughs> yeah. um, and then delete Aaron's number. Yeah. Um, if we both got a million, we could put two million together and buy a ranch and live yeah. on it and just yeah. make music. That sounds beautiful, man. Let's do that. Do you get ranches in the UK? I'm not really sure. It's got to be. There's <laughs> got to be one in Oxfordshire somewhere. I don't know what the what the uh, UK equivalent word is for like. I just just yeah. farm in it. <laughs> just a farm. Yeah. Or buy a farm. It'd have to be like real rundown, though, wouldn't it? It'd have to be like ranch, like an abandoned place that we went and. Did up. Well, for that, I'll pay someone else to do it. Anyway, this is this is not very this is not well. It's not relevant. It's not important. Um, so my first um, my first real question, I guess, is how did you both get into uh, music in the first place? So I was, um, I guess, I was brought up with just music playing in the house, really, which kind of, you know, made me just want to pick up a, a guitar. Really, um, it wasn't really anything serious, and just took lessons locally in the village once a week and then I uh, started going to jam nights and got the bug to play live um, and I've, I'm, I'm still doing it that's pretty much it Would you say you've um, progressed any as a musician since then? Absolutely not mm, No I'd agree yeah um, <laughs> um, Yeah I uh, I was on holiday with me folks in Somerset and uh, my dad went to it. Well, we all went to a car boot. My dad just, didn't just go by himself. Uh, and he bought a cassette of the Sweet, uh, Sweet's Greatest Hit, and was playing it in the car. And um, popular music hadn't really done anything, hadn't really touched my soul in any way. Um, and I was kind of fascinated by the sounds of the harmonies and the guitars and and, the, and great songwriters, you know, like the, 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 the greatest pop rock song you're ever going to hear. Um, and then uh, kind of got into Queen from from there, and then 
Queen toured with Paul Rogers. And then I was like, oh, whatever that is, I need a bit of it. Um, and then kind of discovered that quite a lot of my music taste through him, um, through some of the stuff he did in the 90s, and he did the Muddy Water Blues record. Um, and then just kind of started singing away in my room and then taking it from, you know, singing in my room to same as Aaron, actually going to jam nights and cutting your teeth and, you know, you swagger up to those jam nights thinking you are the, the best thing since sliced bread. And then you, you realize that you're not even close and, um, you come away and go, okay, I've got to get better at that. And then, uh, yeah. And then started, you know, putting bands together and trying to write songs and all the rest of it. And now, um, and now here, here I am with, uh, with you guys. Yeah. You know, to some people that makes you sound so old mentioning a cassette tape, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I am old. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Aaron, I'll explain what cassettes are later. <laughs> I've seen one. <laughs> I, I, grew, I grew up with cassettes. My mum had loads. Anyway... <laughs> So, um, to move, I guess, move the story kind of a step forward. How did the band get together in the in the first place? Uh, so, I went to see um, I went to see the Answer play in Manchester about five six years ago. Um, and this young whippersnapper on the guitar was was opening up, um, and I was like, "Oh God, he can play!" Um, and then uh, I got um, a little drunk. Not sloppy, just drunk. And uh, I approached that young whippersnapper and started talking music with him. And he told me, like, Muddy Waters, um, to which I then hollered, 40 days, um, into his face. And um, we kind of stayed in touch. What an idiot. Um, a few years down the line, I think we were both a little burned out with where we were musically and wanting to you know, write some songs and he got in touch and, uh, we, we had a jam and with them, we, we decided in our infinite wisdom that, okay, we can jam together and there's like a good musical conversation. Let's go and see if we can write some songs together. So we, we, um, we wandered off to a hotel in the Midlands. Where was it? Where was it? Where was that hotel? Warsaw. Waffle. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, you know what it was? Um, it was the cheapest hotel in the country for three days. Um, uh, wow. It's like, right, okay, we'll, we'll go. And it was kind of in the middle of where we both are. So um, we went there. Um, we First thing we did is we slung the bags in the room and uh, we went to the pub because I was like, listen, if we can't kind of, if we can't have a couple of drinks together and still be mates, let's call it quits now. Let's just go on. Um, so we did that. Uh, we wobbled the, the mile and a half walk back to the hotel. Uh, Aaron pulled out his guitar and showed me a riff that he'd been working on and, and, and some melodies around it. And I was like, oh, you know what? I think I've got some verses that fit that. And then we just sat up all night writing three or four songs. Yeah. In the first night, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that kind of we just repeated the pattern. Then the next day, we went back to the what you know, wandered back to the pub, wobbled home, got the guitar out and the pad and the pen, and and just sat and wrote songs. And it was it was quite an easy conversation on it musically. I think it has always been um, 
you know, right from the off, as soon as we start playing music together, it's been very natural and kind of, um, like he says, a very easy conversation between us musically. Um, and songwriting just came from that. So I think that's just, you know, once you do that and you find that relationship, you kind of have to build on it and put something around it, um, which is what we did. Yeah, because we, we ended up with a whole bunch of tunes that were just in like acoustic kind of format and they're all quite nice melodically you know and, and first chorus first chorus yeah yeah and and then it's like well we're gonna have to put a band around this now aren't we um which we did and now here we are about to record some of those tunes so where where, where did you uh, where did you find the other band members from where did they em- emerge from in that process goodness me so um we went to uh we went to belfast I can't quite remember why I went, but I was there. Aaron was playing a solo show, and I don't know if I just tagged along, and we stayed in a very interesting hotel. <laughs> um, hostel. Um, yeah, it was, it was a prison that you could get out of, I think. And um, we, we, was, we were actually um, screwed, because we decided early on we weren't just going to do the well, I know this guy and I've played with him before. I know this guy, I've played with him before and kind of put a bunch of our mates together because uh, it just, it, that, that wouldn't have made sense, you know what I mean? Because then he, he, I, we, we wanted a fresh kind of outfit that was like, these are the guy, you know, I know of this guy, let's get him in. Um, so Joe was the first, Joe, our drummer, our incredible drummer. Um, we, we found him when we were scrolling through Facebook at Suggested Friends. I think it was on my Facebook. Um, and there was just this this guy with a hat on playing drums, and I was like, <laughs> it was, he, "This guy looks cool. Let's talk to him." And then um, I was like, "Aaron, you're you're you've been in Class of Rock magazine. If you message him, he'll know who you are, so he'll be more likely to come and have a jam." Um, which which we did, and then Joe came down. I think we demoed we demoed some stuff, and then Joe came down. Um. And then it, if I don't think there was a conversation, was there? It was just right. See you next time, man. Um, and then um, from there, we we've had a few a few other people. Um, Jack Brownham was the original bass player. He wanted to do more of his kind of solo stuff of playing uh, acoustic and and um, and that kind of thing. Um, Tom, <laughs> our original keys player, moved to a mountain. In Spain, okay, um, yeah, yeah, uh, which, which of course, yeah, um, not like Beverly Hills, like literally a mountain. Yeah, yeah, it's just a hill. It's just a hill in it, and I think he built his own house or something. Um, um, and uh, the the boys we've got at the right now, there was Connor played as well. Connor was great, um, but he's so busy. I think he and he uh, he's got so much going on in London. It was um, hard to get him in a room and stuff. Um, and the boys we've got now, um, Tig, Tig Bean Bradley, and uh, Ross Monroe. Ross Monroe is is probably the most outrageous organ player I've seen in the flesh. He's um, he's a wizard behind that that keyboard. He's ridiculous. Um, great, like a proper organ player is there. Like finding actual organ players who know how to play organ as opposed to just a keys player who switches the B3 setting onto his keyboard. You know what I mean? He's a proper, the guy takes a Leslie speaker with him everywhere. That's serious. Um, I mean, honestly, man, like, and it's not just like he, he would take that thing to the bathroom with him if he could, you know? 
and we found those guys when we were when we came out of lockdown really and we were looking to to kind of get going again and they've been great yeah um come in and and learned the stuff and contributed and all so yeah i'll shut up man aaron used to say things i think you've answered it have i oh just shut me up man just 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 tell me to put the brakes on all right then shall i just shall i just go for the next question and then we can aaron can have a go how about that yeah (laughs) cool (laughs) so um, where, where did the band name come from? Because it's not, it's but band names are one of those things that can either just come to you like that, or they can be the hardest thing to work out what what they should be. I mean, it did come like that. <laughs> um, so when we were putting it together, um, it's one of those things. I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of uh, I'd I'd we taken like management over, we'd taken stuff over. Um, for my solo career and we were putting a band together rather than sitting down and thinking about things because I think we had to kind of just move on quickly and we were like under pressure to get going and launch it was just easy to throw key lock in do you know what I mean Um, and just get rolling and create our own legacy and just write songs and play because that's kind of all we were about Um, and yeah the kind of little thought and little time and a lot of pressure (laughs) to get things moving I think really there was also some there was shows in Europe as well, wasn't there? Um, there was already shows that had been booked. Yeah. Before we'd come up with a name, and that was the name that was they were booked under. Um, and we were kind of just told, really, that this is what you're going to be called. This is good reason as any. <laughs> so you you got a band together, and you um you had your name because you had your name. <laughs> so what was your first um gig like as as a band um rather than a kind of solo project? Well, I mean, we kind of, we had like a launch show booked, um, like, um, in London to like a lot of industry and a lot, you know, ticket gig and everything. So we didn't really want to be our first time on stage, um, together as that. So we put together like a run, um, of warm up shows and built up to it the way you should. Cause you know, most bands, when they get to that, they kind of have had like three years of playing pubs and dives and getting through members and building it up rather than just jumping straight on in front of, you know, record executives. So, um, yeah, we did that, but I think the first night, I mean, we went out, we went all out and it was full of excitement. Um, but there was something there. Do you know what I mean? And it's one of those things where it got better and better every night. And by the time we got on stage in London for the launch, it was kind of, um, it was cooking and the excitement was still there, but also I think we kind of learned to read each other and play off of each other a lot more as well. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things like that kind of thing has always come easy to us, I guess, which is cool. So you, yeah, you weren't you weren't launching straight into the the show the show that could give you a bag of nerves. You'd you'd had those that momentum with the kind of I'm not going to say more enjoyable shows, but maybe less pressured shows if I can put it that way. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because the first one we because we we just went and booked under a different name. We just uh, we contacted people that we we knew that we'd done stuff for kind of like in other projects or whatever and kind of said do you fancy doing me a favor and and to be fair five of those is it four or five run four or five four i think it's about four wasn't it four 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 of those people just kind of went yeah we trust you to put something together and, and make it good um which is very nice of them you know what i mean because they could rightly have just gone no <laughs> um uh, and um, and it kind of funded itself as well quite nicely. Um, so then, by the time we got to the to the launch show, it was a well-oiled machine, and um, 
plus then you can kind of you can go because you write a set list and on paper you think oh, that looks great and the rehearsal room it looks great but then you play it live and you go oh actually that's too far up or too far down or you know you need to change the dynamics of that so yeah by the time we were all really ready to go and have at it by the time we got to camden um it was great man I, that's i think it's going to be one of those standout gigs in my mind seeing um guy from the choir boys in the audience was quite cool, you know, like going, no way, man, I've seen you live, you know. So what name did you book it under, or is that is that a secret? <laughs> your your warm-up shows? We, I think we called it the Travelling Rock and Roll Circus. Which I can't remember if that's where the, if it, that's where the tagline came from, if that was the tagline first. Yeah, yeah, what came first, the, you know, the tag or the egg. Because it's not something I've experienced, and it's not something I know masses about. What is it like playing a show for industry people where you're to be blunt you're trying to impress them <laughs> i think it's different for before and after once you're up there i think you kind of you know you're so wrapped up in what you're doing um it's kind of hard to actually know where you are <laughs> uh you're you know it's like um you know it's like you're, it's like you're going out to fight do you know what i mean you have all the build-up before and after but when you're in there you just it's instinct do you know what i mean um but I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Johnny thinks about it constantly while he's singing. I don't know. <laughs> At every show, uh, no, I, I'd, I'd agree with that one. Um, I, I think um, uh, before you go on, it's like, oh, I've got to go and impress this fella or these people or whatever. But then I think there's the also the thing of we'll just do what you usually do because if they don't like what you usually do, they're not right for us, you know. Um, so yeah, I think it was. I don't. I don't remember thinking I'm going to give it an extra yard tonight or anything like that. Most of the time when I'm singing, I'm just trying to impress the lads. I'm just trying to impress the boys. Should have been. I'm trying to do something different that'll make him look up at me and kind of give me a oh, you know, that was good. Um, or you know, I think that's what it all is. In it, everyone, everyone each night's like every now and again, Joe will hit like a fill that he hasn't done before, and I'll turn around. Oh yeah, man, <laughs> like, you know. Um. So yeah, I don't think it's any different, really. They, they tend to be less um, enthusiastic as an audience, but that's um, <laughs> that's, that's the, the only difference, I think. So you don't get much back from them in the moment, <laughs> but there we go. No, no, no stripping clothes off and, you know, throwing underwear at you or anything like that. Well, some of them do. Is, is that, I was going to say, is that a regular occurrence? Uh... Oh, all the time, man, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> usually from the band though <laughs> so um speaking of gigs have you had any um i don't know how to call them nightmare experience gigs where things have, have gone wrong um you don't have to name names if that's what it involves but have you had anything like that well now you come to say it i don't think we have have we not that majorly stick out in my head not like horrific um i think we're um we've all been playing shows and stuff long enough to be able to like get through most situations. Um, but you know, we have things like in Germany where the amp blew up and you know, just carry on, don't you? And like, um, but it's not like, it's not nightmare at all. Do you know what I mean? Like you have, um, songs you've played once and written like the day before that you go and play live and stuff to fill sets that go horribly wrong, but you kind of pull through it. Do you know what I mean? It's not, um, yeah, I think as well because everybody's, you know, working day jobs and such. That's the nightmare. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in comparison to what you're doing on stage, you're you're on stage with your best mates playing songs you've written, 
and it might not always come out like it sounds in your head, but you, the, I think the minute you step off stage, I, I, I'm usually like, I, I give myself half an hour to go, that was good there. And then it's like, right, next one. On to the next one now. It's just where you want to be, I guess. Like it's, it's Better next time. Things can go wrong, but oh well. Yeah. Well, it's running, you're running away with the circus, you know what I mean? Like you're running away with your pals who are, you know, all from all around the country. You don't see each other. You, you see each other when you're working, so it's all exciting. And then you get up and play these songs, and it's kind of like it's us, us five versus the world, you know. Um, and that's quite a good feeling, anyway. So even if it does go wrong, um, which it very rarely has gone like catastrophically wrong, has it? Um, just kind of grit, grin about it, cover it up, and get on, you know. Yeah, it's usually me forgetting lyrics, anyway. <laughs> I'm sure, you can style it out, and then no one will notice. So, um. How do you write songs as a band? Do is it generally um, a few of you that kind of bring ideas into the room, or do you jam stuff, or is it I don't know a mixture of things? How do you do that? It's completely different every time, really. Um, I think if anybody found a set route to writing a hit and a great song, everybody would have a hit and a great song. Um, a lot of the songs because it started off with. Um, me and Johnny in hotel rooms writing while we're putting bands together has kind of led from that and songs have developed through. Um, we are very good still at coming in with going first chorus, first chorus, songs done, complete, and then taking it in. And Joe's very good at kind of stretching it right out and adding in sections and, you know, building it in. And then we've also written songs in like five minutes in the rehearsal room and in sound checks and stuff, just jamming. Um, but yeah, I mean, it usually comes from even myself or Johnny bringing in an idea and everybody kind of just stretching it out, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, we do quite a lot of sending like voice notes and little snippets of stuff to each other, don't we? And then we kind of it's almost like a game of table tennis then of like just like bashing things backwards and forwards. Oh, do this, do that, you know. Um, yeah, and Joe, Joe is absolutely fabulous at doing um, like the eat. He, he, He's kind of like the the chef that puts the um you know the, the the bit of the sprig of parsley on top at the end that just makes it so much better to look at you know. Uh, he's a great piano player as well, Joe. Um, he's really good at kind of uh, structure and chords and stuff. And he, um, he's really the talented one. Me and Aaron just do the wobbling about at the front, really. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's all a, all an illusion. Um. But yeah, we do we do that quite a bit, don't we? All like we'll bounce ideas backwards and forwards, and then kind of get together and finish ideas. There's times it's just in the room. There's times it's just some kind of uh, cosmic occurrence. It's it's really good to have that that band member. You're right. I think in your case, it's Joe who who can. Um... I don't know how to put it any other way, and it sounds harsh. I don't mean it to sound harsh. He can bring musicality to it, so they can they can listen to the idea and they can go, "Oh, if you thought about this idea, if you thought about maybe changing the chord in this way, changing the kind of structure of it in that way." But yeah, no, you're right, though, because you sit down, you write, and you go, "Well, obviously, because we've done it, it's the best thing in the world." You know, it's um, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's perfect. And then Joe will go, "Put a break in there," and you go, "Oh yeah, no, you're right, spot on." You know, what I mean, and or, or you'll you'll just put something or change that chord, or you you you're too repetitive on that melody or something like that. Um, he is brilliant with that. Um, yeah, he's always he's always kind of done that, hasn't he? Um, that kind of thing. And I guess it's um it's things like that that make 
the band sound like the band that you 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 bring your idea sure but then everyone kind of gets their hands on it <laughs> and then and then it, it becomes something that the band has made yeah that's the exciting bit Absolutely. um there's that i think that's the exciting bit because there's time that's what makes anything no, there's times that um one at a time there's room for both of you in the podcast <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, do it. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. It's, I guess it's kind of what makes anything unique, you know, like everybody kind of having different ideas and different influences. And once you put it all together, you mix it together. It's like a recipe. Do you know what I mean? It's like how many things can you eat on their own? But when you mix them together, you can really make something special when you mix it up. Do you know what I mean? It's like um, you think like the Grateful Dead, you had a guy that was into like rock, you had a guy that was into jazz, you had a guy into the marching band, you had a guy into country and folk. And once you mix it together, you kind of just got, well, with acid, you got something that was mad um um and this is kind of the same thing for this um i guess in our own little way <laughs> yeah and it's it's the, the kind of wonderful difference as well that there's times that the songs we've written that um in my head i've almost had the entire thing and sometimes by fortune by luck by whatever or by design they, they come out like that i think trouble follows me is almost exactly how i heard it in my head yeah there's other songs that don't sound anything like these sounded in my head and they're better for it, you know? Um, I think that's the, it's tr- trusting the guys that around you that kind of go, ah, you know what, man, I've heard you do that kind of thing before or, you know, um, try this, try that, you know? So moving on a bit. Um, so how's the band managed? Um, is there a single kind of point person who's um, quote unquote in charge or do you share out tasks between you? How do you approach that kind of thing? We're a mess. <laughs> Organised chaos. <laughs> I think um, the key to any band is everybody having their um, knowing strengths um, and everybody being able to put in, you know, concentrate on each other's strengths. That like we said earlier about everybody throwing in. Um, you know, John is very good at logistics. Joe's very good at like the art and the visual side, coming up with ideas along with that. Um, I just sort of nod. <laughs> and um yeah and that's <laughs> and we kind of uh you know and everybody everybody has a say and you know we go in and have a jury vote and it's you know very uh it's the hippie dream yeah it's um it's de- it's democratic kind of in the um probably in the broader sense of the word and it where it's like um if it's your if it's your kind of thing you're in charge of it like joe will bring artwork and stuff and there's no way, I, like, I'd be there going, well, do this, do that, do the other. Um, everyone's throwing suggestions in, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think, I, and every, I think everyone's good at their, their kind of, their own thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, Ross is a, is a wizard of a, like, kind of production guy. So, you know, you're doing demos and, and Ross is kind of, um, Ross is almost like a, a musical director, I think, at times, where he's kind of like, so like Joe will kind of lay the map out and then Ross will be like, well, let's take this route. Um, yeah, man. Um, and Aaron can attest. He makes a great cup of coffee. And, uh, Tig, Tig is very good at keep keeping time. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he makes a great cup of coffee. That's fair enough. I'll have to ask him. I'll have to ask him if he can make me one then. See if I get one. <laughs> yeah. So it's about, um, yeah, as you say, like it's about work. I guess working together and finding your strengths together, yeah. and 
harnessing those uh, for the benefit of everyone. I, I think as well, actually, it's knowing um, knowing your strengths is one thing. I think um, accepting your weaknesses is the other. Do you know what I mean? Is knowing, listen, I'm not great at this. On the other hand, this guy is, so I'm going to let him do that because that's his area of expertise or whatever. And I'm not going to start putting my fingers in the pie because it's... You were the one who was pressing space bar the other the weekend while recording. Under Ross's strict instruction. You, you were allowed to press space bar. That's quite, that's quite a responsibility. Listen, I knew where that R, R key was, man. I was, oof, I was there, man. Yeah, yeah. But again, under on, on strict instruction from Ross, man. Like I, I, he, he showed me exactly how to do it in the exact right way. And I followed his instructions to the letter R. Um, I, I don't think I messed it up, did I? Once. <laughs> uh, I don't think you can get R wrong. Yeah, that would be embarrassing. You should, it should go on your CV. Thank you, man. Press. Yeah, I'm going to hang it on the wall. Press the R key. Yeah, I think you should buy yourself an R key. Um, <laughs> I'll stop you saying. Um, on the... Um, on the subject of recording, do you guys tend to record yourselves, go into the studio? What's your, what's your kind of approach to that, that side of things? Uh, Demos-wise, yeah, because we, um, we've got a Ross <laughs> um, who, who you know knows his way around um, Logic and Pro Tools and all those things. Um, yeah, we, 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 we do that. Um, nice. Well done, Johnny. He does, doesn't he? Um, the, so yeah, so for demos and stuff, that that's that's we we, we you know trust trust in Ross, um, and uh, but uh, for really yeah stuff that we're that's that's out there in the in the public domain, we've um, we've always worked with a, a producer for the two singles that we've released <laughs> so far, um, you know soon to be soon to be followed up by a. We did uh, a couple of things over lockdown, which we obviously all recorded at home um, and put together. But other than that, yeah, we've always just done it either in our own studios or with producers and stuff. So. Is there a reason why you've, you've chosen to do it that way? Well, I think um, for the sake of demos, I think we've, we've, um, we have tended to do it in-house because usually there's been someone in the band who has a, a setup to do it or, or knows how. Um, uh, and that's always worked out, I think, because it's it's a demo, and it you know you're trying to get the idea across, um, and it's also so we can all go and learn the song ourselves because we're usually playing it on the fly um, when we're demoing. So um, yeah, I think it's always been the convenience of, of of having someone. Plus, when you're doing it in house, you you are getting the sound that you that you want. You know, what I mean, you're getting the, the it's the five of us who are going right. This is how we want this to be. Um, and then you know that's that's when a producer can come in and go, oh, actually, you know, have you, have you tried doing this or have you thought about that? Um, so uh, yeah, I think that's that's in house for not just for the sake of convenience, but for the sake of the artistic merit of, of being able to go. This is how it sounds to us. Let us know your thoughts, kind of thing. And then I guess for the stuff that you're um, you're releasing, getting that external ear on it. That, that person in the studio who can go, well, actually, have you thought about it? Like someone who's not necessarily heard the song before or not heard it much before and certainly isn't playing on it um, to kind of suggest those things um, from that fresh perspective can be really helpful at times, can't it? Massively. Yeah, yeah. Because um, 
because they've got no skin in the game. You know, they're, they're just hearing it as a, almost as a fan going, I would like to hear that again, or that's one too many, or have you thought this, or have you done that? That bit needs to change, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Totally. So um, a different, a very different kind of question. I feel like I'm leaping left, right and centre. Um, leap away, sir. Where... Leap away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Where, where do you guys rehearse? Do you, do you have a kind of regular rehearsal studio that you go to or do you kind of travel around? What's your approach to that kind of thing? Because we're based all over, we rehearse when and where we can, mostly before shows or studio dates or whatever. Um, but, um, yeah, literally all over. I mean... The last few times has been in Manchester, then we're doing London a couple of times before that, then Liverpool, then we've done Oxford, we've done Leeds, we've done everywhere. So Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, wherever we're not banned from, yeah. Um, wherever, you, wherever you're allowed. We can't go there. We owe them too much. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, but well, that's the thing, because it, it is quite, like, it's very much a travelling band. Like we, we were, uh, I think it was it Jaron that said to you, Aaron, or might have been one of the guys from Blackberry Smoke, what's the likelihood of finding the perfect rock and roll outfit on the same street as you, in the same town as you? Um, uh, and and we, did, we kind of decided early on, well, if I'm in Liverpool and you're in Oxford, it doesn't really matter where everybody else is as long as they're committed to the idea of running let's, away. Let's make it even more ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's get someone from Aberdeen. Um. I mean, the, our original keys player lived in Hastings, and we used to travel down there to rehearse. It's a long way, Hast- especially for Joe, who's in Stockton on Tees. <laughs> I used to get the overnight um, bus to London, then I'd get a train to. Um, oh, what was it? Where did I get the train? It's posh. Do you remember? I'm trying to think, man. I know, I know that. Yeah, it was um, very unpartic. It was Tunbridge Wells. Royal Tunbridge Wells, yeah, yeah. They, they don't usually let scousers in. You just have to take a passport and get it stamped and stuff. Um, look, at, look at that horrible working class I'd like. Um, <laughs> that's a bad job with pride. Um, but And then, we, yeah, we'd go and sleep on the studio floor and, and write songs and... Aaron would um, make sure the, the, the local shops didn't have too much red wine in by the time he'd left and uh, and all the rest of it. Yeah, we, we, we lived the hippie dream. It was, uh, it was great, wasn't it? Um, there was also, just on a side note, actually, um, there was the, uh, the cheapest pizza place in the world in Hastings called Pizza Gogo. It was like a fiver for a 50-inch pizza with a million toppings on it. Oh, hang on. There's a pizza go go near me. It's a chain. Is is it is it as cheap there? It's so cheap. It's a bit. It's a bit sort of dirty, you know. Oh, it's it's. I don't know. Probably probably not in London. It no. is a hot circle of garbage, but it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> there was a place. Um, I used to live in Nottingham. And there was a place that had, it was even cheaper as pizza goes. Oh, it was as a student that was the place to go, but that's really not that's really not relevant. It's it's food in quotation marks. Um, I guess if you're based at different parts of the country, it means that you don't have rehearsals without a purpose. So you're going there, going, we want to write, we want to get ready for this particular gig, which does have to have its advantages in a way. I think that's one of the biggest like pluses from uh, being all over the place is kind of um you're not doing that every wednesday we rehearse and if nothing happens it gets lazy and you go we'll do it next week it's kind of like you've assigned three or four days for rehearsal and you travel together to get stuff done and you're in a room 
um, everybody's traveled so you are being very productive um, so yeah we did one thing right I, I think as well um, there's then that extra pressure of well I can't let these guys down because they've all gone away and learned their bits they've all gone away and you know they, they're coming with the, the right gear they're coming with their this they're coming with that um, so you don't want to be the guy that's like ah uh, yeah, I haven't listened to it or I haven't done this or I haven't done that because you, you, you know everyone else has put time and effort in. Um, and yeah, I, I've been in bands, I'm sure everyone's been in bands where, you know, you rehearse twice a week and, you, you know, you, you go in and have a few beers and smash the, the, the current set out or you run through all your tunes and just goes round and round. It's just, it feels like, a, although it's, it's very good to get a band tight, um, it just feels very unproductive to me. I, I feel like it's, oh, we've said this, you know, like um, let's, we're all good musicians, otherwise we wouldn't be here. So why are we just doing the same thing over again? Um, so it does it does kind of spark that creativity and, and that, that work ethic, which um, I think that's one of the, the, the beautiful things about the, the band is um, you have to have this band in particular, you have to have that work ethic of I am turning up, I am knowing my stuff and I'm knocking it out the park. Committing yourself to the cause. Um, you have to travel for it, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. So, what would you guys say, and you can have a different answer for this, each of you, has been the biggest success of the band so far? It could be a particular moment where you're like, that was amazing, or something kind of broader. I think success to me is... Um, uh, how to say it? Like a like a like a comfort. If I'm comfortable and, and and feel comfortable to kind of be creative in a sense, do you know what I mean? That that to me is successful and kind of having people around me that are, we're all going in the same direction. Um, biggest success, I think. So far, we played in Switzerland before we'd released any music. We were the main support to Joss Stone, who was on the A stage. We headlined the B stage and she was on the A stage. And we were told that was main support. I don't think it is, but we were told we were. But anyway, um, there was a good couple of thousand people out in that audience that had never seen us before. They'd never heard us before. And they were singing along to the songs, to the choruses in some of the songs. And I, I'm going to put that out there as maybe the... Um, I'm not sure if it's success, but if it's it, it's um, it was that moment where we, the band, and <laughs> the audience were were kind of in that just that moment together, and it was it was great, like having that couple of thousand people sing the chorus of "Shine on Me" back to you when they've never heard it before. Teddy, you know, it's like yes, yeah, it's tough. It's like it's like when you say what's success in it. It's like you know, if you go kind of, um. You know, you'd be easy to look at things like very literal and go like, you know, getting paid to go and play gigs or getting record deals and all of this. But like in reality, you kind of the thing of like pulling a song that's like three minutes out of thin air, literally nothing with people around you and managing to capture something special on a, on a record that you can stick on and go, you know, that was literally nothing. That's thin air. But yet it, it's something that can move somebody. I, I think that kind of to me is like. Um, it's what it's all about, really. You know, so I think that's kind of the pinnacle of it. I, th I think I think Aaron's was more of a airy fairy musical kind of answer. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a hippie, man. 
you filthy stinking hippie. <laughs> John is just more about, you know, Switzerland and glamour. Again, it's good to see you've got such a nice, healthy, friendly relationship where you get on so well. <laughs> so, um, what uh, what goals do you have for the band in the next six months to a year or so? What What are you hoping to uh, achieve together? Um, I think to finally put the uh, well, yeah, definitely in the next year to have the record out um, to be taking it and you know hoping people dig it and promoting it on the road and playing lots of shows and, um, you know, really starting that cycle. Um, it's been building up since we started really to that. So I think now we're kind of like actually on the verge of it. I think that's kind of like, um, you know, it's kind of what we've been working towards for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah. I wholeheartedly concur with that. Get the record out and then play it live a lot. Um, and then keep, you know, I keep keep writing while we're doing it, you know. Um, like we went. To- Our dreams are quite simple. Yeah, they really are. Um, like you know, we we went to see the Black Crows the other night. Um, and first of all, the Black Crows are absolutely dynamite live. Um, Chris Robinson is how old? Sixty one. Um, that 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 little skinny stoner absolutely took me to school. It was amazing. Um, killer. Um. And I, I said to the boys on the way out, you know what, like, I'm, I was studying for the first kind of three or four songs. I was like, oh, this is incredible. And then for the rest of the show, I was like, I want that now, please. Can I just, do you mind if I get up and have a go? You know, like, um, so yeah, I want to get out and play live. I'm good grief though. I want to get out and play, um, get the record out, play it a lot. Good goal. <laughs> Seems fair to me. Don't see what, what else what else you want to do is about to be honest, but there we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not not hit Aaron with my mic stand on stage. That's my second goal. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I think I see where the uh, the challenge in this relationship is. Yeah, I'm starting to I'm starting to feel like you do it on purpose. No. No, come on. There is, there is a, there's a wonderful phrase in psycho- psychology that there's no such thing as an accident, so just keep that in mind. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> uh, come on. <laughs> Don't start me with that. So my, um, my penultimate question for you guys um, is what is your best piece of advice for bands? nowadays don't do it that's really really open-ended don't do it wow uh, no um I, I think kind of be 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 open to the advice but stick to your convictions if you believe in it you should really just stick, stick to your guns i think these days uh, well i mean it's always happened but these days as well it's it's very um maybe because of the lack of money in it <laughs> now it's very uh industry driven uh and it's kind of killing a lot of the creativity and everybody goes through a cycle and it happens a lot the same way. And I think when you create a band, there's cut, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about songwriting. You're thinking about making the best show. Yes, you've got dreams and all this in your head, but in that moment, that's what you're thinking about and creating, capturing that and keeping that and not letting anything sway you. Um, and just sticking to your guns of what the band's about, I think is, I know it sounds very cliche, but I, I think that I think that's cliche for a reason. Um, I would just like to add another one. Turn up on time. <laughs> <laughs> Says the man who was five minutes late for this very. Yes, podcast. yes. Well, 
<laughs> oh my so um to, to to close out the podcast i'd like to ask you your your favorite song that's released uh from the band uh to play at the end of the podcast so which song is that and why should we flip a coin <laughs> it's only two and um heads or tails um I, we're going to do shine on me um because because uh, it's the one Alice Cooper played on his radio show, so I think that's a good enough reason. This is Keylock with Shine On Me. Guys, it's been really great to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us, man. Um, we, we will, if you so wish, do this all again once the record's out. Um, I can't wait for that to happen.
shine, shine. 